the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, our affiliates, and everybody else in between. We're breaking it down. Countdown to kickoff is on. Obviously, the big story is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Good news, bad news. He doesn't have a concussion. All right? So, uh, people thought initially it was a concussion. It's not a concussion. Turns out he's actually got a, uh, a tweaked nerve in his neck. And the fact of the matter remains that he is in the concussion protocol. There are a bunch of steps that he has to go through. Uh, the player rests until signs and symptoms return to baseline status, and he undergoes a neurological and congestive uh, balance test. Two, the player begins cardio exercise and or stretching and balance training under the oversight of the team's medical staff. Three, the player increases exercises and or sports-specific activities and begins supervised strength training. Four, the player continues training and resumes non-contact football activities, i.e. throwing, running. Five, the player is cleared by the team physician for full contact and passes an independent neurological exam, then returns to practice and then needs to be cleared. Um, after the practice uh, once again. And very interesting, and we asked Dr. David Chow about this uh, earlier in the evening uh, tonight, about the, well, are the Kansas City Chiefs doctors to be trusted? Like, I mean, how many of you are thinking right now, yeah, well, yeah, they're just going to say, yeah, sure, he passed every test, he's good. Uh, but, you know, independent neurological exam, independent. So basically, in every NFL city, they have two doctors on call. Um, in case one of them is unavailable. So there's two doctors that are on call that do not work for the football team. All right, they're, they're independent. They come in to double check, to oversee what the team is telling them, and they have to verify that with the league. And you know what? The league has gone, gone to pretty extreme lengths, actually, when you see uh, these protocols. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, they've also been sued for a lot of money, right? And they don't want to get sued for more money down the road so they can actually say, no, no, look, we actually are concerned about concussions. Now, they're on the clock right now. If he has a bad day or two, you know, and he doesn't pass like each, each issue at the time, yet he doesn't have a concussion. So he's going to pass the neurological uh, test, etc. I would expect... Dr. Morenci says Mahomes will play. Bring it. Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know about them. Keep it here. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as just sports talk. Think of us as a full immersion crash course in sports news you can use. You listen, you learn. Get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. We're throwing it down. It's the Monday night meltdown. We've got a full house uh, here this evening. Paul Bovey's going to step up and in. George Kurtz throws it down with us. 
Uh, Brent Sobleski from the Bleacher Report talks NFL football. Um, a lot of stuff to get to, including uh, the New York Mets. As uh, the New York Mets have a new ownership uh, group, right? And uh, very, very deep, deep pockets. The problem, something, uh, there's a bulge in that pocket. But I think, you know, the New York Mets really wanted to show their stuff in the offseason. Unfortunately, they showed a little bit too much of stuff. And Jared Porter, the general manager of the New York Mets, evidently doesn't understand meet the Mets isn't like, you know what, meet your junk. Meet uh, the Mets, meet the Mets. Only the New York Mets um, can do this, but they didn't even do anything. Uh, but they, New York Met general manager Jared Porter, uh, Jared Porter sent explicit photos, including naked pictures of a penis, to a female reporter in 2016. After I like how the story says, this is Jeff Passan, this is the headline on his tweet. New York Met general manager Jared Porter sent explicit photos, including naked pictures of a penis, to a foreign female reporter. Like, isn't she just a female reporter? <laughs> like, a foreign. Oh, she's foreign. Female reporter. In 2016, after she ignored dozens of uh, other messages. And I'm going to tell you guys something right now. I've asked women about this. I haven't met one woman ever, ever, that's ever told me uh, that, yes, it's a good idea to send pictures of your junk to them. We don't think like they do. Like, if you're a woman and you want to send me pictures of your breast or something, I'd be happy, right? I wouldn't be offended. But they do get offended. They do. Paul Bovey steps up and in uh, right now. What do you think, Paul? If somebody, if a woman sends you nude pictures, do you get offended? <laughs> if she sends me nude pictures? Uh, no. But I will tell you, I had a woman ask me to send her uh, pictures of my junk. I actually met her in the front of South Point. I'm going to say this was about <laughs> nine years ago. And I asked her to send it to me in written form just because I'm just very cautious about what I send out <laughs> and, the and the repercussions of what could happen in the aftermath. I learned my lesson on that. And she would not send it out in email form. I just, she, she said it verbally, but she would not send it out. And hence, I did not follow through. That's awesome. He wanted, he wanted a legal, legal document stating that she requested this picture of you. I like your style, Paul. Always, always thinking, Paul, huh? Always thinking. And, and honestly, what could go wrong meeting a woman in the parking lot of the South Point? Well, it wasn't really a parking lot. It was in front. I think it was like the, you know, that wooden thing that you sit in if you're waiting for the, you know, the shuttle van or whatever it is. I mean, and she was rather attractive, uh, I have to say. And I actually, I was tempted to send it through, but, you know, my, uh, the big head dominates the little head. As I've gotten older, I've shifted around. You know what I'm saying, Gabe? <laughs> Paul Bovey. I knew I knew Paul would have some interesting thoughts on the situation as uh, Paul Bovey's uh, kicking it with us. We'll get back to the uh, the Jared Porter uh, story a little bit uh, later on. Uh, Paul Bovey covers experts kicking it with us. We're down to the final four in the National Football League uh, right now. And uh, we've got Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Or is it going to be Patrick Mahomes. I went over the protocol um, the protocol rules 
moments ago, Paul, and I brought up, so even though he does not have a concussion, right, he's got a tweaked nerve in his neck, he is in the concussion protocol. So I, I went through the steps that he has to go through. I believe, though, if the point spread is three right now, then the, the, the odds makers believe that Mahomes is playing, right? What's your take on all of this? I concur with that assessment, Gabe. If the, the odds makers generally have a pulse on this and they would not put the game up and leave themselves open to get beaten pretty bad because obviously if it's Chad Henney, the, flip, the script will flip and Buffalo will become a favorite. And you know what? Chad Henney was able to step up and make some plays, but it's different when you actually have to start the game and you're practicing all week, etc. You know, we've seen that. You know, the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy in town until he becomes the starting quarterback, as they say. Uh, but Buffalo's going to have their hands full no matter what. I don't look at it like, oh, Mahomes is out. They're going to go in there and win this football game. Buffalo, you know, they haven't been great in the playoffs, but you don't have to be. All that matters is you win, right? You know, the history books, we don't look back at the final scores of the playoff games, right? We just remember who won the championship when it's all said and done. Um, strange football game against uh, Baltimore, but I'll tell you what, man, that wind really, really caused a lot of damage on Saturday in Buffalo. Yeah, and I'm going to say this. Uh, to your point, success is defined by the result. I was not an advocate of that call by Andy Reid because when you throw the football, especially when you only need an inch or two with your backup quarterback, bad things can happen. I think he would have been second-guessed all the way to the end of his career, like Pete Carroll will be for that Super Bowl call. But, hey, it worked. So he's a genius, and everybody wanted to heap on praise to Andy Reid because he made this grandioso call that happened to work out. Hey, if you go to the blackjack table and hit 17, you'll pull four once in a while. But I don't think it was a particularly sound-minded call, uh, a prudent one at that, but it worked. Uh, it did, but that's what makes Andy Reid, right? That's that's what the – that's you know, but honestly – I always wonder about that, Paul. You know, why teams can't just do that? It is a simple play. As you stated, things can go wrong, but it is a simple play. Tyreek Hill's going to get open, and the quarterback, all he has to do is throw it, you know, five yards. Um, you know, and at times, you hand the football off, the snap can go wrong, uh, the, the handoff can go wrong, the defense can step up. I don't mind throwing the football. I actually thought it was, listen, it was a ballsy play, but I don't mind it. And I wish coaches were more aggressive. And I get it. I mean, the ball was at midfield. But I'll never forget years ago, Gary Moeller was the coach. Elvis Gerbach was the quarterback. And uh, it was Desmond Howard, actually. And they were playing against Notre Dame, Michigan-Notre Dame. And it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated after. And it was like fourth and inches. Same thing. Close football game. Michigan's trailing. It's like fourth and inches at like the Notre Dame 30-yard line type of deal. And basically, Michigan threw the ball into the end zone, guys. Like, they went deep. They went, like they said, screw this. Let's try to win the game on this play. And they lulled everyone to sleep, and boom, they threw the ball deep, and it was caught for a touchdown, and they beat Notre Dame. I like the aggression. I, you know, I like the aggression, but I guess when you already have a Super Bowl under your belt, you can pull that off. Like, if Andy Reid had never won a Super Bowl before, he's not calling that play, Paul, I don't think. 
I agree. And to your point about Elvis Gerback, the risk-reward is there because you're going to obviously score a touchdown in the game. But to do it for the purpose of gaining an inch or two, no, I'm going to run the football and take my chances. But you're right. Andy Reid has the resume, so he's able to pull it off, and no one's going to second-guess Andy Reid. But then again, they second-guess Pete Carroll, and we don't know if Marshawn Lynch would have gained those yards needed yeah. uh, in lieu of what happened, in lieu of the uh, interception. Nobody knows that, but everybody will proclaim that he would have. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar to uh, to Michigan at a timeout against North Carolina, in which people act like you know Michigan were about to win the game. They were losing the game, and they would have had to score, guys. Right? And there was still time left on the clock. They, you know, people in revisionist history... You know, Bill Buckner, how many people think Bill Buckner cost the World Series when the ball went through his legs? Never mind the fact that there, there was another game. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Bring it. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talking about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Network. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. The late night anger management class. So I brought the, uh, the idea up uh, last night. I fired off a poll question. Should the NFL championship games be on Saturday and Sunday or just leave it as it is right now? I think they should go one game Saturday and one game uh, Sunday. I am Gabriel Morency. We're kicking it Sirius XM Channel 204. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, our digital video platforms, and the apps that are tuning in. Uh, right now, Paul Bovey kicking it with us. Covers.com, covers experts, um, throwing it down uh, with us. And it's pretty evenly split right now. 53.2% say leave as is. 46.8% say Saturday and Sunday. Paul, I think they should shake it up uh, from a gambling and a perspective, you know, a better's perspective, and a fo- I think a football fan's perspective, and they make a, a whole weekend of it as opposed to just on Sunday. Gabe, I'm, uh, you know, I can roll with the punches here, whatever way it, it, it I adjust. I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna tie it into my debauchery of playing horses, which has actually worked out very well the last six or seven months. Uh, either way is good for me. <laughs> Paul Paul doesn't care when they play. He's gonna just going to be laying it down uh, either way. So FanDuel's got some interesting, um, interesting um, different uh, props up. So the exact result prop is up. So Super Bowl futures right now. Green Bay Packers are plus 210. Kansas City Chiefs are plus 210. The Buffalo Bills are plus 330. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are plus 430. Super Bowl exact result. Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Green Bay Packers, plus 340. The Green Bay Packers to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, plus 450. 
the Green Bay Packers to beat the Buffalo Bills, plus 550. The Buffalo Bills to beat the Packers, plus 600. The Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus 600. The Buccaneers to beat the Chiefs, plus 850. The Bills to beat the Buccaneers, plus 950. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus uh, the Buffalo Bills with the Buccaneers winning is 11-1 to uh, right now. And, of course, Tom Brady tormented and terrorized the Buffalo Bills for nearly two decades. What do you think, uh, what do you think of the games, Paul? How do you think this is going to play out? Well, I do think uh, Green Bay is a better team. And I, I understand that Tampa annihilated him in the first game. If you call it an annihilation, Green Bay had a 10 nothing lead, pick six, and then another INT that went down to the two-yard line. So it's the equivalent of a pick six. And all of a sudden, it's 10 nothing with the ball versus 14-10. I just think t- uh, Green Bay is a better team. And I'm not going to confuse what I saw yesterday with uh, the defensive prowess of a team that forged a uh, or had two difficult games with the Falcons and uh, couldn't put the Vikings away, which by the way, the Saints scored 52 points on, barely got by that Minnesota team, if not for the futility of Dan Bailey. They played two really solid football teams, Tampa Bay did, in the last eight weeks of the season. The 46-23 uh, win over Carolina and that uh, whitewash of Detroit, who was depleted in their secondary, and I made note of that on the Monday before the game. I just think Green Bay is the better team all around. Uh, I think they have a better defense than Tampa Bay does. I think Tampa Bay's weakness is in the secondary, and Aaron Rodgers will find a way to exploit that. But I, I do think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. I'm surprised the totals come down from 52 to 50 and a half. Uh, it's, it's a move that I happen not to agree with. It may be in large part based on weather, but look, the weather's not going to be bad. Gabe, I know you've talked about weather. This is just football weather. I mean, if you can't play 29 degrees, 5 to 10, you, you shouldn't be playing football. You should be playing badminton or something. This is football <laughs> weather. It's reasonable. You're exactly right. And it's funny. I brought this up last night, guys. If you recall, we do a daily weather check. I say the same thing. Like the freezer bowl, man. Remember the Bengals-Chargers game in 81? That was cold. That was like really I had cold. The under. You know, it was like, yeah, did you? Yeah, what, just 28-7? <laughs> yeah, it went under. I, I, what was the total? I, look, what was re- the total? I remember, I remember every game I, I virtually I bet and where I was. I remember where I watched it. And I think in this day and age, they would have put up a better number, but I don't think they factored in the weather. They were just kind of getting going on these over and unders back when that game was played. And and I do remember, I believe Ken Anderson was in the game, if I'm not mistaken. And it was yeah. just, it was absurd. I mean, it was absurd. Uh, it, it was just kicking was out of the question because it was a rock, but uh Yeah. That's that's real cold weather. This is I, and I sat through a couple giant games in the stadium when it was real cold weather. Twenty nine, yeah. five to ten. Come on, man. Come on. And you know what? I was thinking about that with cold weather games the other day um, with the Rams. I remember the Rams went in a giant stadium and it was freaking cold, man. One day, 
The Rams were toast. The Vikings got shut out 42-0, I remember, in a nice cold game. And remember that great Bears defense, and they played the Giants. And I want to say the total, I want to say the total was 30 and a half in that game. Do you remember that game, the Bears and the Giants? It was freezing cold. It was, um, they played a Giants game. Was it like 31 and a half, 30 and a half, or something like that, the total? Are you referring to the game in 86 when, uh, or when the Bears won the uh, Super Bowl? I might have been the year after, the year before. I have to look it up. Oh. Did, was it did, was it eighty six that game? Because no, it would have been well, that he, year. It wouldn't it wouldn't have been in Giant Stadium that game? It was another year because it wouldn't have been a Giant Stadium. I remember it was a Giant Stadium. All right, the the Bears game that sticks out is the one where Sean Landetta went to punt the football and missed it. I'm looking up their, the uh, the history here. So um, so they played in 1985, and the Bears won 21-0. Uh, that the Bears was the game. Yeah, yeah, that was that, the yeah. That, that game was cold as hell, whatever the temperature was. <laughs> like, uh, I, liked, I wish there was a temperature check, but I was going to say, Paul, last night I checked, and they said it was going to be 24 degrees in Green Bay. And I said, you know, guys, you check the weather, and every day it seems to get warmer, and it's already warmer, as you stated, 29 degrees. And you know as well as I do, Paul, as you stated, it's football weather, and really, wind is the key. We saw that in Buffalo. It wasn't cold in Buffalo, but it was windy as hell, and it caused havoc with the passing game, with the kicking game. You look at Green Bay on Sunday, six-mile-an-hour winds. It couldn't be less windy for, for a January after, uh, evening there. Exactly. Gabe, the only thing that counts in sports in terms of football weather, I'm not going to say rain doesn't count, but it has to be more towards the torrential side, but wind counts. And you can normally get a great assessment of the wind in the first two or three plays of the game. You'll watch the first one, two, or three passes. Do the passes float? Do they move? Uh, do they go, you know, direct? Uh, you can even look at the officials' uh, hair, the coach's hair. Does it blow around? And at that point, you're going to know if the wind is going to make a difference. And more, more often than not, it doesn't. I think at 25 miles an hour, it starts to kick in with respect to uh, the NFL, uh, 23 miles an hour. Any NFL quarterback should be able to throw in 20-mile-an-hour winds. So we're dealing in a situation here where it's just a little chilly, I would call it. And these teams, to me, should put some points on the board. So the first game that they played, as you mentioned, and both these conference championship games, guys, are rematches from earlier this year. So 38-10 was the final score. I remember I was unfortunately on the Packers uh, on that Sunday afternoon. And... And I recall things were going good. The Packers moved the ball down the field. Uh, they scored a field goal. They scored the touchdown. Aaron Rodgers did that stupid celebration uh, in the end zone, and it didn't score again for the rest of the game. And Tampa punched them in the mouth. I doubt the Green Bay are held to 10 points this time. Oh, it's not going to happen. I think that was what I call an aberration. And it was clearly Aaron Rodgers' worst game of 
the year. In fact, uh, I, I, you can make an argument it was the worst game of his career, at least in recent memory. I think he was something like 16 of 40. His passer rating was in the 30s. I think his worst passer rating uh, after that uh, was in the 90s. That shows you the gravity of the ineptitude for Aaron Rodgers on that day. And I think he'll atone for that. I don't have faith in this Tampa Bay secondary. Their run defense is decent, although it really didn't show up yesterday. Kamara had 85 yards on, I think it was 17 or 18 carries. But I, I question those guys in the secondary, Davis and Dean, and I don't think they're very good cover corners uh, they've been torched several times this year, and the Giants missed a few connections on that Monday night game, or they would have lost that one. I think you're going to see a different Aaron Rodgers here, and they didn't have Lazard in that game, by the way, and I think you'll see a different Aaron Rodgers here, and Green Bay is going to put up 30 points. Uh, interesting, as you talked about, Aaron Rodgers was 16 of 35 for 160 yards and two interceptions, zero touchdown passes. 16 to 35 for a buck 60. But he finished with three fantasy points. And you know what's crazy if you think about it? Tom Brady had the second worst game of his career statistically against New Orleans in that 38-3. So the two things come full circle. Bring it. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the internet. The Technology Grand. Keep it here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. The Late Night Anger Management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Lomorenzi. We're kicking at Sirius XM Channel 204. And uh, more PopOVCovers.com. Kicking it uh, with us. Uh, people in the chat debating who the best defense uh, ever was as we were talking about uh, defense. And I got to say, listen, the New York Giants had some great uh, defenses. Uh, they definitely did uh, over the years. But to me... To, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, the Steel Curtain was great, uh, Paul. And uh, you're a little older uh, than, than I am. As uh, Paul's uh, in his 40s, I'm in my 30s. Thanks, Dave. Well, not, yeah, not, not really. <laughs> not really. But for me, it is the Cleveland Browns. And let me just rattle it off, uh, the, the, the Chicago Bears. But let me just rattle it off. It's funny because they opened up the season with the Cleveland Browns. So the, that season... They opened up the season with the Cleveland Browns. They won 41-31. Wow. 41-31. Then week two, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 13-10. They beat the Packers 25-12. The Bengals 44-7. 
The Vikings, they shut out 23-0. At the Houston Oilers, 20-7. At the Vikings, 23-7. Detroit Lions, uh, 13-7. The Rams, 20-17. The Buccaneers, 23-3. And listen to this. They won 13-10, 12-10, 13-10, 48-14, 16-13, and 24-10. So they gave up 31 points in week one. They They gave up 17 another time, but... You know, as you guys saw, man, you know, 7, 0, 7, 0, uh, you know, 14, 13, 10. And then in, in the playoffs, uh, they lit it up. I'm just wondering, I'd like to know who the quarterback was for the Cleveland Browns that day. This is when the Browns were still didn't suck. And I guess they're, they're sort of uh, better now. Scoring summary show. But if I ask you, who's, um, you know, is they, who's the best defense, Paul? Do you have the Bears up there? It's definitely that Bears team. And I, I remember betting on them to win the Super Bowl, uh, taking them before the playoffs started. I didn't get much uh, of a return, but I knew it was, I, I hate to use the words free money. It's something that I have a moral opposition to, but this was the best team I ever saw. And I, I, I was shocked New England even mustered up a couple points at the beginning of the game. I think Tony Easton was the quarterback. Uh, Craig James, uh, who Craig, Craig James? I I, I yeah, recall yeah. Craig James. I think he was on the team, but uh, they just swept through the playoffs. Nobody was competitive with them. And then the New England game started out. I think the Patriots got the first field goal, and from then it was just like lights out, man. Yeah, they really, and uh, i never forget uh, to uh, uh, Willie Galt, one of the fastest uh, fastest receivers ever. So, I see Doug Flutie was on this roster. Did Doug Flutie get a Super Bowl ring with that team? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't recall, Gabe. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't sure. think so. I think they might have released him before. I don't remember him being there. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't you know. Um... I don't remember him being think, there, uh, but Ditka got rid of him because I thought I think he felt he was too short to play, and then of course he his career was resurrected, and uh, you know it finished up when him and Drew Brees were having this battle for the starting job, and that's how the whole Drew Brees uh, legacy got started uh, with Doug Flutie. So. Flutie actually hung around quite some time, but I don't think he got a ring with the Bears, but I could be no. mistaken. No, no, exactly. He wasn't there, though. He I mean, he wasn't there when they won type thing. Like, I don't remember him being there on, like, the sideline and, and stuff like that. And, of course, that was the Super Bowl. Walter Payton didn't score a football, but the refrigerator did. And I asked Ditka about that, and he basically said he didn't know. said, like, it wasn't anything like... It wasn't anything deliberate. He said he really just got caught up in the moment, and he didn't didn't realize that Walter did not score a touchdown. And Dick had told me that it did bother him, like that. You know, people thought that he did it deliberately or something at the time, and he said it hurt him that people thought he would do that deliberately, and he just basically said he didn't know. And I guess people told him on the sideline when the fridge scored, they were like, you know, Walter didn't get one, coach. Somebody said something to him about Walter didn't get a touchdown. Right, it was the Super Bowl. Walter Payton did carry that Bears organization uh, forever. But I always have a good time going down memory lane, talking football. And I'm like you, Paul. I remember like every Super Bowl. I could tell you where I was. 
know what I mean? What city I was in, yeah. where I was, how, how much money. Like, I can remember, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't have a ton on that one. Oh, yeah, I had, like, 20000 on that one. Like, I can remember each one. Like, I can remember, like, the days waking up that day. It's crazy how sports, we can remember time and our history and our lives through sports dates, Paul, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Dick is kind of an arrogant guy, and I don't think uh, on the sideline he would have cared and he would have, he might have even felt challenged if somebody brought that to his attention. <laughs> it, you know, I, I was at a Super Bowl. I, I, I don't know which one it was, but I, it was halftime and I went in to take a piss. And who's behind me is this big, wide guy, and it was Ditka. And all of a sudden, you know, when you're trying to take a piss and it just won't come out, I was nervous. And I said, boy, I better finish <laughs> this piss really quick because this guy's going to start yelling at me. Anyway, it finally came out, and I, I don't even think I finished because I didn't want this guy to, like, light me up or something. I just, like, walked away and went back a couple minutes later. But, uh, yeah, Dick is kind of one of those guys where he, he just wouldn't care at the time. <laughs> That's a great story. I, I got drunk with, uh, with Mike Dick. Uh, it was pretty funny. Me and Cam, I, I, Mike, Dick, uh, Mike Dick had a golf tournament, and he invited me. He liked me. He was buddies with Kyle Turley, and... And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a funny, he's really funny in real life, but he is intimidating like that. You know what? It's funny. I, there's a few guys that I've had on my show. Not many have like scared me, but the one guy that I did, I was like, Oh my God. Like I walked into the show and someone told me like an hour before the show, they go, bro, got a big, get, big guest tonight. I'm like, Oh yeah. Who? They're like Dick Butkus. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> and it was the same thing, Paul. I was like, man. I was like, Dick Buckus. I'm like, man, I don't want to upset Dick Buckus. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was, all, I was like, I can't screw this one up, man. He was the nicest guy, though, Dick Buckus. Yeah, not, 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 nicest guy. Dicka was the same way. Dicka rattled me a little bit at first. You think, man, this is my Dicka. But he's actually uh, actually pretty, uh, pr- pretty friendly. So um, you like the, the Green Bay Packers uh, to get there. It's a little tougher with the Mahomes situation right now, Paul, but as like we said, we both agree, you know, we're sort of assuming that Mahomes is going to play, but he does have to jump through quite a few steps. There's like five steps for him to pass for him to play in this football game. It's not a concussion. It's a tweaked nerve in his neck. And, Paul, you got to think about it, too. Yeah, it's a massive game for them. There's a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, but it's also he's also only 24 years old, bro. And you just gave him a hell of a lot of money. And there's a big picture involved in this as well. So as much as you want to sort of get him out there, they also have to be smart and cautious about it. Yeah, but I, I do think he's going to play. And and the number, as you brought up before, the number says he's going to play. And the fact that it's not a concussion, I think everybody breathes that collective sigh of relief. But certainly... Uh, The Bills are going to have to make some adjustments, but I do think they came into that earlier matchup a little bit fragile. That was their worst four-game stretch of the season, and it was they followed the 42-16 game against Tennessee, so they might have just been feeling a little jittery. And of course, the weather conditions weren't favorable, and I think that just worked against them. And the game did not start out well for Buffalo. And it was amazing because later in the game, they were only down 23 17, 
And the score was nowhere near the uh, or indicative of the domination that Kansas City had. Hilaire was just running through them, and it was kind of embarrassing, Gabe. It was 26 carries. I think he had over 160 yards, and they outgained him more than 2-1. to one. But Matt Milano did not play in that game. Hopefully they're going to be able to make some adjustments. But based on that game and based on what I see, I do think Buffalo is going to have to get back to their prolific offense and score a bunch yeah. of points here. And I, and personally, I, again, don't agree with the move here. I, I make this number, I think it should be 54-55. It's already down, I think, 53. And I think these teams are going to score points. I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to duplicate what they did in that earlier matchup when Josh Allen completed only 14-27 uh, for a buck 30 and they couldn't get off. And I, I believe they will get off with their passing game here. And they're going to have to, as you stated. You know, against Indianapolis, they played better as the game went on. And, you know, one thing we, we've talked about it, guys, and it's not cliche. You hear this often, and it is very cliched in sports. Oh, halftime adjustments. But the fact of the matter is, the Buffalo Bills are very good at it. And we see they're a very good second-half team. They put up 14 points in the second half against the Baltimore Ravens. And we saw, Paul, the Bills tried to be aggressive early in that game. I mean, they ran the ball four times in the first half, and one of them was a Josh Allen scramble. Like, it was pass, 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 pass. And it was clear they were trying to, and we talked about it last week, that they were going to try to get the lead on Baltimore and take Baltimore out of their, their element, but they couldn't do it due to the wind. The ball was sailing on Allen. They couldn't figure it out. But then they put 14 points up in the third quarter. As you mentioned, they, they got Buffalo. That was the game after the Tennessee game. It was the COVID week. The Bills had to plan for two teams in one week. They didn't know what days they were going to be playing. It was a very unorthodox um, situation for the Bills uh, to be in. And, you know, the Bills, though, they do have to get back to that. I mean, it can't get outrushed by like 150 yards on the ground every week and expect to win. I mean, they're going to have to because, you know, the, the Chiefs can run the ball on them. The Bills are going to have to score some points to win this game, Paul. Like, they're going to have to score 27, 30 points to beat the Chiefs. I completely agree. I think that's the number. 27 to 30 is going to give them a shot to win the game. And I think 30 is probably the right number here. And Buffalo has to do something about that run defense. Look, that game was almost 10-10 on Sunday, if not for that INT. And you, you can make a case that, again, their run defense was, was not particularly good. They let up 150 yards. Both the running backs, I think, went uh, 10 carries for 42. And in the prior week, of course, the Colts uh, a buck 63. So they're going to have to do a better job there. And, you know, look, Kansas City is dinged up at the running back position, which certainly may help them out here. But uh, still, they're going to have to do a little bit better and they're going to have to score points, which I believe they will. And look, Gabe, I, I do have a little future bet on Buffalo. I'm not hedging it. I'm going to sit with it. And uh, like you, I'm going to be wearing my Bills jersey because I do have a Bills jersey. New York and, team. And uh, rooting. And rooting hard. New York State. The only team yeah. in New York. New York State. That's right. Paul, Paul Bovey kicking it with us. Throwing it down. Coverdexperts.com. 
We'll say goodbye to Foley on the other side. Bring it. To be honest, we should come with a warning label. Caution. 24-hour sports talk. May cause mild addiction. Get on the grid. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We know things are nuts out there. You need something to depend on. That's where we come in. Coming to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Depend on it. Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Network. Late night anger management class continues. Level one, three minute warning. George Kurtz will step up and in. Brent Stoplowski will kick it with us as well from the Bleacher Report. All right, Paul Bowlby covers experts uh, with us for a couple of more moments. Looking forward to these uh, football games. Uh, so, Paul, uh, Paul is one of the best NBA cappers uh, in America. And uh, I know you've been football focused. At what point do you jump into the NBA, uh, Paul? Uh, you know, because now, you know, we've got, uh, we've got two more football games this week. Then there's going to be a week off. At what point do you jump into the NBA and start betting it daily? Well, Gabe, it's going to have to be very soon. And uh, I split tonight, and I'm I'm going to have to start honing in on my NBA craft because I haven't st- jumped out of the gates with fanfare here. It's been a little bit choppy, to say the least, but it's because I generally am, you know, sidetracked here with football. So that's going to happen. Uh, I remember one year I started 0-9, and ended up finishing 59% on like 200 picks. So these things do happen. It's kind of a trend, but uh, it's it's not the a trend that I'm proud of. But it just happens like that. And I'm going to start, uh, you know, honing in. Uh, there were some interesting games tonight, and and the Knicks uh, are back on a two-game win streak, uh, and the Toronto Raptors, as you say, are on a three-game win streak. So good things are happening up north, and let's hope they continue. And crazy, the Lakers blow a massive lead tonight. The Golden State Warriors come back and win 115-113. But I was going to say, Paul, I know that you play the Knicks season win total often, so you got to be happy back-to-back uh, for the New York Knicks. I did. <laughs> I did. I, two, um, uh, I'm 20, 20, I think I played it 22 and a half even money. But, of course, there's COVID concerns depending upon how many games they cancel. Will they pay you? Will they not pay you? So at this point, I'm hoping to get either a win or a push. But I'd rather, of course, get the win. The Late Night Anger Management Class. Paul Bovey, great stuff, Paul. Thanks for taking it with us as always. Uh, people always enjoy it. Paul Bowlby throwing it down. Bring it. Thanks, Gabe.